Hello again, my friends, to another round of Deep Dives with Father Sean, the Super Catholic Catechesis Podcast. This is inspired by the Catechism's reminder that times of renewal in the Church are also intense moments of catechesis, and that's why I love doing it. I'm a big fan of renewal. More faith, more hope, more love. Let us have that grace get down deep into our hearts, and the spiritual life is a big part of that. Uh, Scripture is a big part of that. And prayer is kind of the topic to today, and that's a big, big piece of it here. So we're going to dive right on in here, and this will be the last bit of this series on Christian spirituality, biblical look at it. Uh, I could go on and on and on and on and on and all kinds of different things. Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll do another round on fighting temptation, kind of dressing sin, because you know we don't lead the conversation of Christian spirituality, but like like we'll talk about today a little bit if we have time. Uh, prayer's a fight. Prayer's a battle. Uh, it's it's not like we're. It's an easy thing. You know, it's just hard. It's just hard. So maybe we'll we'll address the battle the next time. Um, but I, I like doing this series. I'm, I'm excited about this. So anyways, welcome back, my brothers and sisters. Let us begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. You are the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. All things come from you and are destined to return to you. And during this time, we ask that the Holy Spirit be with us to open our hearts and minds so that we may be filled with your grace and your love and may continually pursue our eternal destiny. Lord, we don't want to miss the mark. We don't want to miss the target. We want to just jump into your arms today so that we can be in your arms for all eternity. Please, God, let it be. Help us to learn how to pray. God bless you. Uh, well, not God bless you. I guess we'll pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, brain fart. That's fun on the air. Anyways, prayer, good stuff. You know, we've been talking about all kinds of different things. Most recently, uh, talking about the cross of Jesus Christ, kind of a big deal. You know, if you don't take up your cross, kind of hard to become a disciple. Because if Jesus, like Jesus says, if anyone wants to be my disciple, let them take up the cross and come after me. So that's kind of the uh, the first condition of being a disciple. It's tough, but it's so good. It's so glorious. It's it's all. It's just so wonderful. Um, crosses for everyone. There ain't nobody in the world without a cross. They might feel like they're on top of the world, but crosses gonna be there. And but this has kind of been this big biblical look. We've talked about who God is. God is the Almighty, but He's also the All Loving. We talked about who we are. We're made capable of God. And there's this unique dynamic uh, that we see in Scripture at different times. Uh, just we, we heard this in John 3.16, God so loved the world that, so that whoever believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. It's God's initiative, man's reception or acceptance of it. And then there's the, uh, the communion, the, the fruit of that union between God and man. Uh, also, we see that in Mary. Uh, the Holy Spirit came upon her. She accepted the gift of the Holy Spirit. And, and just a total openness of, of will and heart. And that had a, a result. Uh, word became flesh inside of her. So that's pretty, pretty incredible. So again, it's this kind of this threefold dimension, uh, threefold dimension. It's God's initiative, it's man's response, and it's the goodness that results out of that. And prayer is, is a huge piece of that. In many ways, prayer is just a continual declaration of yes, God, yes. It's a just kind of put it simply. So it's God's initiative to, to start a relationship with him. Um, 
Sometimes we can talk about prayer as simply a relationship with God. It's in, in setting apart a time to enter into this relationship. We're always in this relationship, unless we're not in that relationship. But but if you know if we're in that relationship with God, it's a thing that is constant. But when we pray, we pause, we acknowledge this relationship, and we we dialogue. We're conversing, even if it's just through a sigh or a look upward, whatever it is. So. Prayer is giving time to a relationship. Prayer is saying yes to God. Prayer is is a conversation. It's a conversation with God. He, I talk and he talks. Uh, just to kind of give a little, oh, I don't know, a little, little snapshot of this from the beginning, let's go to Genesis. Genesis, the third chapter, and verse 8. So in this verse 8, it talks about God coming down to be with Adam and walking Adam and Eve, to, and he walks in the garden. Uh, this is actually after they have sinned. And so it's not clear that if God came down because they had sinned or God was just in the habit of coming down. You know, I say it's not clear. It's not like 100% clear. But when I read that, it's just like, oh, this is what God just typically did. He was accustomed to coming down, being with Adam and Eve in the garden, and God doesn't have legs, he doesn't have a body, but there's this anthropomorphological, how do you say that word? Anthropomorphic, oh, I haven't used that in a long time. There's this description of God as a man. He's not a man at this time in Genesis here. However, he is present to his people. This is a mysterious way of talking about God's present there. God came down and was present to Adam and Eve. And the way I read it is like, this is what God was doing. He came down to be with them. He created Adam and Eve, and he came down and was in relationship with Adam and Eve. And that was exemplified by walking around in the garden together. Isn't that just simple? Isn't that just nice? Oh, if only it was so simple nowadays. Now we got this thing that we call sin. <laughs> and now, <coughs> excuse me, and now we can understand a little bit more why in the next uh, verse, 3 verse 9, Adam and Eve hid themselves from God. And God said, hey, Adam, Eve, where y'all at? What's going on? What's, what y'all up to? Well, you know, that's kind of how it goes. Those are not the literal words, but he asks, where are you? What is this that you have done? And so it's God who has taken the initiative to create. It's God who's taken the creation initiative to come down and walk with Adam and Eve. But then even after they have sinned, it's God's initiative to awaken their conscience and restore this relationship that has been disrupted by this original sin of Adam and Eve. But it's all kind of around this relationship, and this relationship is prayer. When God comes and dwells with us and we give ourselves that presence, it is prayer. When God comes and calls us out from our sin, well, if we respond to him, even if it's a little bit sheepishly, you know, there's prayer there, and we're beginning to take a little step towards him. And that's what Adam and Eve have begun to do. They kind of acknowledge that maybe they're not so proud before God's presence, but God still loves them. He hasn't given up on them. So I think, you know, sometimes our prayer is one of just peacefulness. We're walking around with God in the garden. And then other times it's we're embarrassed. We've messed up and... I say mess up, but sometimes we have done something particularly heinous, 
And it's just incredibly that God continues to reach out to us. Think again of the Good Shepherd. For whatever reason, I've been thinking about the Good Shepherd a lot recently, just in the last day or two. But it's Jesus, the Good Shepherd, who hunts us down. And he's not hunting us down on the far side of the pasture. You know, he's not hunting us down over there by the pond. He's hunting us down in the brambles and the thorns and places that we have tried to escape to and with bad results it never works out good so this early early form of there in genesis is kind of a simple little way of talking about prayer simple little way about talking about prayer uh, let's talk a little bit about just kind of man's natural response in prayer you know it's just nothing too complicated here um we pray the best when we're the most humble there's just no doubt about that and therefore our goal in life to be great heroes of prayer is to be great heroes of humility. Some might say, well, that doesn't make sense. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a contradiction, but it's not a contradiction. It might be oxymoronic. It might be paradoxical, but it is true. It is true that we, when we are the most lowly and humble, we are the greatest of prayers. We pray the best at that time. Um, there's this little, uh, I guess I guess it's in the Psalm 130, 130. Um, it begins the psalm. And the psalm, again, is a big old book of prayers. If you don't know how to pray, just read the psalms and they'll teach you. They'll give you the words for your heart to lift up to God. Out of the depths I cry to you, O God, is how that begins. Out of the depths I cry to you, my God. And this is our, our uttermost prayer right there. We're going to be the greatest of people of prayer when we're desperate, when we're in suffering, when we're in greatest need. And please, God, may we slowly recognize, quickly recognize, that I have great and absolute need for God every single moment of my life. It's so easy to forget that. But again, it's humility, humility, humility. I'm kind of getting the outline of all this from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, kind of beginning on paragraph 2558 it's the beginning of part four and uh, it talks about the definition of prayer and then it just says you know prayer is god's gift and we receive god's gift when we're humble when we're not grasping but when we have our arms open if we want to be people of prayer then we be we are people who wait with arms open and say yes Uh, one of my favorite authors oh what in the world is her name Oh, we can't. I can't think of it. Ruth Burroughs. Ruth Burroughs. Um, she's got great books. Man, she's just super good stuff. And maybe a good introductory place to begin with her is a book. Yeah, what did what that call? I should have maybe looked this up beforehand, but um, To Believe in Jesus, I believe. Yeah, that's what it is. To Believe in Jesus. I'm reading one book on prayer, and she kind of repeats this in all of her books in all, in all honesty. But she just simply says, prayer is a given time to deepen our yes. It's a given time to to say yes to God. We're always giving our yes to God, you know, when we're making our decisions at work, when we're making our decisions at family, when we're out on the streets, when we're disciplining kids, when we're learning stuff, when you're listening to a podcast, it's a yes to God. If it's not God's will for you to listen to this podcast right now, you know, put it away <laughs> and, and obey God. That's a little prayer. It's a little uh, act in relationship with God. It's saying yes to God. If you're, if it's God's will that you totally binge on all these podcasts that wonderful Father Sean has done, well, I guess do it. 
I'd be surprised if it was. I don't like the word binging. I think whenever you use the word binging, it means excess, and that is always contrary to virtue. But anyways, she describes prayer as just this giving of ourselves to God, to extending our yes to God. And I think that just is repeated over and over and over in Scripture. Uh, just for example, you remember Samuel. You know, he's growing up there in the temple, and he hears the voice, Samuel. And he goes to his master, yes, you called. No, I didn't call. You go back. Samuel. And he went back to his master. You called again. He's like, no, I did not. Go to sleep. And then the third time, Samuel. And he goes back to his master and says, here I am. And then the master, I guess he's in the, in the synagogue there or the temple, He's like, ah, you know, I didn't get what's going on. It's God who's calling you, not me. Samuel, go back to bed. And when you hear God's voice, know that it's God's voice. And say, here I am, Lord. Speak, your servant is listening. And that's just a simple, beautiful prayer. Look at it again. It's God's initiative. God calls Samuel. But then Samuel has to be taught. He has to learn how to respond to God. It takes a little bit of education. You know, kids aren't going to learn it by their, themselves. Kids are not going to learn it by themselves. It really does take an education. Um, and this is what Samuel learned. And he learned it very quickly. You know, kids are going to learn this quickly. It's a conversation with God. Um, Samuel said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I love that. It's like Mary. Uh, her simple prayer was, behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. Super, super simple. You know, it's, in the, it's an extension of, of our yes to God. It's an extension of our yes to God. So just super simple in that regard. Um, I don't want to make prayer complicated here. You know, I think one of the simple images is, I guess regarding meditation, there's one guy here at our, my church, and he says, when we pray, we talk to God. When we read scripture, God talks with us. And I would say that's just a different form of prayer. It's meditation. You might say there's three forms of prayer. Uh, first is vocal. We use our words. We speak to God. Secondly is meditation. God speaks to us. Usually we read scripture for that or some other pious reflection. Uh, even a podcast can be a form of meditation, but it ain't going to get us into holiness. Forming our brains ain't enough to form our hearts into charity. And then the third, but it, but it's important, this meditation, this mulling on the, the life of Jesus Christ. Think of Mary again, pondering in her heart on this life of Jesus as we, as we hear a couple times in the Gospel of Luke from Jesus' younger years. And this is kind of what Mary did. She pondered all this in her heart. And then the thirdly is this contemplation. It's kind of this union. It's this union with God. This, um, there's all kinds of different ways we could describe that, but it's this oneness with God. It's friendship with God. Um, but a simple thing to think about is Elijah. You know, he's sent up to this mountain to wait for God's manifestation. And he goes up on this mountain, and he's attentive. He's attentive to God's presence. And he's looking for it. He's listening to it. There's an earthquake. Well, God was not in the earthquake. There's a fire. Well, God was not in the fire. Big old fat wind. Maybe not fat. And God was not there. But then there was a little breeze, and God's voice was in the little breeze. From this little story of Elijah, you know, I want to highlight a couple things. You know, God's going to yell at us rarely, not very often at all. Um, I don't know if I've really had God, quote-unquote, yell at me. Uh, St. Augustine kind of has this cool verse, um, and Matt Marr, Matthew Marr, Matt Marr, the singer, picked it up for one of his songs. 
You called and you shouted. You broke through my deafness. These are the words originally from St. Augustine of Hippo. And God hunts us down. He yells at us. Um, you know, praise the Lord. My parents gave me my faith from an early age, and I have not strayed in a serious way. Praise God. Uh, ever. And so I don't think God has had to yell at me to get my attention. He's spoken to me clearly, not with words, but with a conviction or with scripture. It's just like, oh, yep, this is God's will here. But not yelled at me. And I don't think we should expect God to yell at us. Do we really want him to shout at us? Wouldn't it be better if he just whispered to us and we responded calmly? This is more natural. And so Elijah went up and he heard the soft voice of God. The soft voice of God. So first thing I want us to learn from this is God wants to speak with us so regularly, but his voice is going to be so quiet and we need to just really tune in and pay explicit attention to him, not just kind of like, well, I'll hear God's voice whenever it comes. Well, God is speaking much more than we realize, but we need to attune our ear. The second thing I want to mention is how we tune this ear of ours. And this requires intentionality. So, Elijah was there. He was called by God at a specific time to go to a specific place. Without a specific time, and without a specific place, guess what? You're not ever going to pray. Probably not ever. Ever, 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 ever. You must have a specific time and a specific place. And when you put those two together, that is intentionality. Without time and place, there's no intention to pray. It might come up. I'll grant you this. It might come up just by chance. You might... Just be like, well, I guess I'll say a little prayer here. But guess what? Your intention is not to pray. Uh, when you wake up in the morning, if you don't have a time set and a place established, you are not having the intention to pray. You might hope to pray during the day. Oh, when I'm driving to work, I might think about God. I might lift up my prayer. Maybe when I'm at work and I'm stressed, well, I'll just lift up a little prayer. Unless you have decided to spend X amount of time at whatever o'clock, at this particular place, you don't have the intention to pray. And if you don't have the intention to pray, you're really not a person who's committed to prayer. It might come randomly, and that's great. But it's going to be a lot better if we choose to pray and then also pray randomly. You know, those random prayers are super good and important. You know, please, God, we have these little prayers during the day. Jesus, I'm for you. All this is for you. Jesus, I praise you. Come, Holy Spirit. Help me, God. Those little things are, are precious, true treasures. There's no doubt about it. But we have to set aside time and prayer. There's nothing else you get from this. Uh, if you don't even know how to pray, if you're going to set aside time and a space for prayer, God is going to reward you. It's like going to him and saying, I don't know what's going on, God, but I do know that I love you, and I'm turning my life over to you, and so I make this sacrifice. God's going to reward you. God's going to help you out. God will teach you how to pray in that. So this is the fundamental thing. Be like Elijah. Have your little mountain. That might just be a little chair at your house. <laughs> and go up there at a particular time of the day. For, I think for 90% of the population, it's got to be in the mornings. If it's not in the mornings, you ain't going to do it. Uh, in the evenings, there's too many distractions. You're tired. There's You want to catch up on the news. You want to just relax. You turn on the TV. You watch an episode. You watch another episode. You watch another episode. You watch another episode. And you realize you've watched two hours of TV and you never prayed. And you do it the next night, too. That's kind of the life of a lot of people. Uh, and they regret that. They regret that. Um, so time and place makes intentionality. 
and you only love God with your intention, with your choice, with your decision. And that means separating time and space for him. Uh, this matches up a lot with, just a little bit more personal now, this matches a lot with later on in the gospel. Uh, think of those times when Jesus is, is teaching. You know, he taught in the synagogue. He taught on the hillside. He taught in people's houses. He's all over the place teaching. He's always ready to teach. And, you know, how awesome would it be to always have a little bit of scripture with us? Um, that's, I'm not going to focus on that. It would be super awesome. Always keep a little, a little, maybe Bible in your pocket or something like that. So when you're waiting at the gas station or when you're waiting at the doctor's office, you're just like, oh, I'll just open up the Bible and you know, read, a, read a verse or two. But really what I want to focus on is when he does those teachings, you know, he's called the people there just to sit there and relax, to be with them, to soak soak in those teachings. And this is the meditation side of prayer. Vocal prayer is bringing him our words. God, I need this. I need help. There's the petitions. And God, thank you so much. There's the thanksgiving. Oh, God, you are so good. I love you and I praise you. That's the praise and the honor. And there can be different variations based on those things. But that's vocal prayer. The meditation is really when we begin to advance in Christ. Someone who does not meditate will pretty much never mature spiritually. They might be a beginner in their faith, but they're not ever going to really exceed that beginner stage. And God is not just calling us to the intermediate level. He's calling universally everyone to be experts in prayer, to, to surrender to him in a total and absolute way so that our wills be united with the will of God 100%, 100%. And the meditation is super essential. Just a simple way of doing that. You know, it's, it's just lying at the feet of Jesus and listening to him. If you don't know how to meditate, pick up a gospel. Start with chapter 1, gospel of Mark. Start with chapter 1 and just read a little bit here and there. Um, well, let me be a little bit more specific. Start with verse 1, go to verse 2, keep on going. You don't have to read fast. If you spend you know, 10, 15 minutes on that every day and you never really get more than a paragraph read during that 10, 15 minutes, that's going to be fine. It's nice and slow, and think about it. What does this mean for your life? What does it mean for the world? What is Jesus saying about his own self, his own presence in the world, his relationship with his Father? You know, what does all this look like? What is God saying? What's the message here? And meditation is where we enter into that. So be at the feet of Jesus. Think of Martha and Mary. Uh, Martha is hustling about. She is serving Jesus. She is giving him Green beans, corn, she ain't giving them pork. No ham at that table, but she's, you know, maybe got the, the goat. And she's helping out. She is serving God. It is a good thing to do that. Now, her sister Mary, Martha says, oh, she's so lazy. She's just sitting there listening, not helping at all. And guess what Jesus says? Hey, Martha, Mary's got the better spot. Mary's chosen the better piece, portion. And you'd do a lot better if you imitated her. This is how it is. We have to just spend time at the feet of Jesus. It is better. We can do all these nice works. We can love our neighbor, etc., etc. But if we don't really spend time with God, what are we doing? We're, well, we're not obeying him. We're not really choosing what is good. Or we're not choosing what is best. Maybe that's a better word for that. Um, so just to be at the foot of Jesus. Be like a sheep on the hill. There's the good shepherd, and the good shepherd says, here you are, this is your land, I'm going to 
sing a little song. I'm going to whistle a tune. I'm going to, I don't know, whatever good shepherds do. But little sheep here, just stay beside me and rest yourself. It's been a long day. You've, you're very weary. You're very tired. Just put your head right here in my lap and let me care for you. Everything's going to be okay. While I play my harmonica or whatever it might be. And just how lovely is that? Just every day to have time to put our head on the lap or the breast of Jesus. Just lean lean on him. Super important. Super important. Um, so just re- slowly reading through a gospel is what I would propose as a way to begin meditative prayer. Uh, I did this, my little story of prayer. And it's kind of a big deal for my life for sure. I prayed as a family. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I prayed in my family. It was a habit of my family. And I do remember times as a kid I would pray. I remember I would race through different prayers. You know, the rosary, I used to see how fast I could pray it. Or I used to, uh, I just my, I, had my, I had my different petitions, a different requests that I was lifting up to God. But really, I never had the habit of prayer. I never set aside time and place to do so. My parents did, though. And so we did praise the family. But it was my parents' habit and not my habit. So I went off to college. My parents' habit was not with me there. And I didn't have my own habit to bring with me. And guess what? I didn't pray. Uh, mysteriously, I was going to church super frequently, more than just Sundays, a fair bit more than just Sundays. And that really was the saving grace. God was so good to to keep that connection alive. But I didn't pray in my dorm room. I didn't pray in other places. Maybe I prayed before meals. I probably did. But, you know, it's hardly a thought of God. She's like, oh, God's good. Adios. <laughs> and then I ate my food. And I praise God that one time I heard a sermon, a homily from a priest, and he asked the question, if you're not Catholic, would your life be any different? And I was very startled and disturbed by this question because I looked at my life and was like, well, yeah, I'm a nice guy. That's nice. Um, but guess what? Atheists could be nice. You know, Muslims can be nice. Everyone can be nice. But shouldn't Christians, Catholics be better? And I just looked at my life, and I, it just was not heroic. It wasn't different. It was not. It was not set apart as someone who's been consecrated through their baptism, and it really disturbed me. And so, I. I just realized, you know, one thing that would set me apart from atheists or non-believers or whoever is prayer. I believe there's a God there, and I believe He wants to hear from me, and I believe I want to hear from Him. And so I began at that time to commit myself to praying every day. And praise the Lord, I've continued to do that since then. I mean, it really, really was huge for me. I'm so, so thankful. God is so merciful, so kind, so good. But it's that time and place. I did not choose time and place beforehand, and I, and I suffered from that. I walked away from God, partially, not, not totally, um, but... That was my sad little story, but glorious story, because the Lord came to my rescue. The good shepherd whipped me out from the my cluelessness, and he uh, lifted me up to him. I praise him very, very much. He is so good. Our God is, is better than everything else in the world. So my brothers and sisters, peace be with you. Thanks for listening. And if this is helpful, subscribe. If this is helpful, share with a friend. Leave a review if it's positive. <laughs> and I look forward to talking with you next time on Deep Dives with Father Sean, the Super Catholic Podcast.
the Super Catholic Catechesis Podcast. God bless you, my friends. Bye.